0: Good evening, Grave Robbers. It's mid-afternoon, and we are on the road with Plus Two Comedy. I'm not doing the Stay Doomed intro. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't fit in context. So, uh, I'm Laura Prince, and with me as always is TV's Noah Houlihan.
1: Hi, I'm driving. It's good to hear from everybody. Well, it's good for you to hear from us.
0: It's good to see me, isn't it? So, we are on the way back from MAGFest. Uh, I have one of those little TikTok tiny mics that you usually see being stuffed into the mouth of a cute farm animal, so uh, we're using that today. So we're we're working. Uh, we we ran a test and the audio quality sounded pretty good. So we're just hoping this is gonna work. Yeah,
1: to to the hardcore fans of On the Road with Plus Two Comedy, if you're getting less ambient car noises and that was your favorite part of these episodes, I apologize.
0: Also, if that was your favorite part of this episode, I'm sorry, we we have not done our job super well, have we?
1: So let's, uh, let's talk MAGFest, because it was a good one this year.
0: Yeah, uh, it was a little bit wild uh, because of the weather. Mm-hmm. We have had a run of very good weather with MAGFest. We had a few, the first MAGFest I ever attended, which I believe was 2018, maybe 2017. Uh, was the bomb cyclone. Oh yeah, I forgot. It's a bomb cyclone out. And every other year we had enjoyed weather in the 40s or 50s. uh, Really lovely walk around weather so that you could just kind of grab a hoodie and leave the Gaylord and grab some food. Uh, That felt so much worse this year.
1: Yeah, it was rough. We had to do what we lovingly call the midnight run where we realized if we left when we were planning to leave, we were driving through a snowstorm. So,
0: Yes, we, we were on a walk, and we were looking around, and we're like, ah, oh, it's going to snow tonight, and I don't know about this. And uh, I, we looked at each other and realized, like, we could leave tonight. We could just go. We could just leave. So uh, we ended up uh, gruesomely overpacking because we panic-packed a lot. Uh we did forget a key item, which we'll get to later. Sure did! Felt real dumb. But we uh we managed to get almost everything we needed. Uh we did some in- we did some different things for prep this year. Uh I posted this on my Instagram stories, but I made snackle boxes. Oh yes, yeah, snackle
1: box with with Laura was obsessed with it and I was like, this is you know fun and cute, but I don't think it's a game changer. It was a game changer.
0: So, my friends, uh, I bought the $5 bento boxes from Target that are, like, a Target-branded one, and they're just cut in quarters. They're not very good to, like, make a real lunch in because it's just even quarters, so it would be kind of difficult. But for a snack, I filled one portion with nuts, one portion with candy, and then one portion with, like, goldfish. And then the last portion, yours were the white chocolate cookies that I found for you. And mine were I ripped Pop-Tarts into quarters and stuffed them in.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I also had the pistachios, which were great. I said nuts. Oh, but yeah. I just, I like pistachios, gang. We wanted that out there.
0: And then we also stuffed in Lisa Frank sugar cookies.
1: Yes, they were lovely.
0: I definitely crammed two of them in my mouth before Game the Gamer at the locker last night. <laughs> Because uh, we always have this goal that we're going to eat like three meals in a day at MAGFest, and uh, we were lucky to hit two any given day. Yeah. Uh, the drive down was thoroughly undramatic.
1: Yes, it was a fine drive. Uh, we considered actually recording this on the way, but we didn't have anything to talk about, so.
0: Yeah, you were like, we could record on the way down, and I'm like, to talk about what? Yeah, here's some road. It's dark out. <laughs> We can't even see scenery because it's dark out. So, uh, I had some things I needed to take care of, so we didn't end up getting to Mag, despite staying over in... We stayed in Alexandria this year.
1: Yes, which, uh, it's uh, it's not as bad as people make it out to be. So many people want just, they need a harbor room. But uh, we just Ubered back and forth, and uh, it is kind of nice. Uh, I mean, maybe this speaks to my age, to be able to leave the con and be done with the con for a moment instead of always being, like, wrapped up in the typhoon.
0: Uh, One of our friends approached us acting like it was a life hack, and I was like, we've only stayed in the harbor one year. Yeah. Uh, Every other year. Now, one year, it's one of those things. It's so weather-dependent, because staying in Old Town Alexandria was really nice the year it was, like, beautiful out, when it was, like, 55 degrees every day. Being able to walk around that little town, we stayed in a hotel that was across from a Taco Bell cantina. Oh yeah, Taco Bell that served booze. So Noah got to have his dream of a Baja Blast margarita. Woohoo! And honestly, I also did because I wasn't gonna not have one.
1: And, and by that, she means Laura got to experience my dream.
0: Yes. I wasn't gonna not have one. That was in 2020, because I remember looking through and seeing, like, World War Three trending on Twitter while we were waiting for yeah. our food and cocktails.
1: So, but let's jump into, like, some of the stuff we did at the con, because it was a fantastic con this year.
0: Yes, we played a lot. We spent a lot of time this year in the indie arcade. Um, that was something I felt like we did. We don't always get to do. But we played some really fun games. Yeah, the indie, there's
1: the Indie Arcade, which is like independent gamers, you know, or independent developers creating indie games. And then there's also the Experimental uh, Indie Arcade, which I feel like I always walk through, but I don't really get enough time to really, like, try and, and make an attempt to, to play these insane games. And they're so fascinating. Which one jumped out most to you?
0: I, I, I really liked Crab Volleyball. Uh, I know that was a silly one to really like, but I really enjoyed playing Crab Volleyball. Yeah, Crab Volleyball, it's like one of those, like, you understood exactly
1: what you were supposed to do immediately. It was next to impos- impossible to uh,
0: master. But the animations on the crab were really good. I mean, once you figured out how to spike the ball over the net first, it got easier.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I could just never volley it back to you. Ha <laughs> ha Yeah, Lara won, I think, everything we played.
0: Uh, we also played the Influencer game. It was like a cookie-clicker idle-clicking game. Uh, yes, that was called uh, Win Dumb Prizes, I believe. Win Stupid Prizes, Win yes. Win Stupid Prizes, yes. It was a
1: competitive idle-clicker, which is such a great idea. It's, like, so simple, and the whole game was three buttons... Uh, one for
0: each of us and then one we had to share. Such a cool idea. So the the main mechanic was you were building followers at a certain clip but there were things you could do to increase the number of followers you got per second, much like a cookie clicker. Uh, you could buy bots, you could do market research or you could uh, do scheduled posts which and I found all of these very interesting. But Noah dumb played himself.
1: Yeah, there was also the option to send a hate mob to your opponent. So I did that and while it affected Lara, uh, I spent way too much on it and thus could never catch back up.
0: So it only uh, hindered your opponent for about five seconds. So it only would have cost like five followers because you did it very early in the game too. But it cost you like 200 followers. Yeah. So I never sent one and I just kept building instead of worrying about what you were doing. And I was leaving you in the dust and not even clicking the button anymore.
1: Yeah, that's the, that's the joy of an idle clicker is that you get to that point where you don't have to click anymore.
0: Uh, you played one that was the paper shredder. So, yeah, this was
1: very interesting, because I also went to a panel about these games, so that's why I was, like, so fascinated. It was kind of an interactive novel. Uh, It was uh, Finish the Chapter or something, I believe it was called, and you would hear a story, but to uh, make it go further in the story, like to click to the next page instead of hitting a button, you had to shred a piece of paper using a paper shredder. Uh, So... (laughs) <laughs> they had, like, Sarah Palin's book there, and you could just rip pages out of it and shred them. Uh, and it told, like, a story of, like, someone and their, like, stuffed whale.
0: Oh, buddy, plushies. There was uh, not enough plushies up for sale that I didn't already own.
1: Very true, very true. Uh, and a lot of them sold out. Uh, there was, like, a good set of... Hades plushies, and they were out of Dusa and Cerberus. They only had Skeleton. Uh, they had...
0: It wasn't S- worth there. buying the Hades... For me, I, I already owned the Cerberus plushie from the previous year.
1: Yeah, so it wasn't worth it. Uh, I They had Undertale and Deltarune. I'm not super up on Deltarune. Uh, but uh, they had Temi, who we already have. Boy. And then I think all they had left was... Um... Uh, Megaloton but like before your Magneton gets the sexy legs, like when he's a computer box.
0: Yeah, they had had the fox from Tunic, uh, but that was gone. The only plushie I think they had by the time we circled back Saturday night uh, was the Metal Gear dog.
1: Oh, yes, yes, yes. The, which is basically iPatch Wolf, who uh, Laura ran into at the con. Uh, literally. Yes, uh, Laura body-checked Eyepatch Wolf.
0: No, no I didn't. I just accidentally bumped into him on my way to my locker. Slammed him into the board. Stop that.
1: <laughs> but yeah, we saw Eyepatch Wolf. We didn't get a chance to like really talk to him. We did not see Erica Ishii, which was the goal. And we were unable to do such a thing.
0: Yeah, their panels were... Ki- their panel was kind of early on Friday, and it was before we could get over.
1: Yeah, without, so that was a bummer. Oh, I also wanted to talk about... Uh, there, there was two really good ones. There was uh a table which is a fighting game with 100 buttons. Ha ha ha. Who won? Uh, Lara won that one as well. But it was a great, like, it's kind of like commentary on the button mash fighter genre. Uh, because a lot of people don't know what they're doing, and they're just kind of mashing buttons and able to win. And that's what you have to do in this game. Uh, because some buttons attack, others, like, change your skin... Uh, others changed like, effects on the game. Uh, and, like, one made a piano appear and disappear. <laughs> like, it's, like, I get it. I get the uh, uh, the the commentary there, which I loved. Uh, we also have to talk about Hexatable. Who won that one? Laura won that one as well. Uh, Ooh, funny. I think we should put over the game more than the fact that you won.
0: I asked quickly.
1: All right. Well, Hexatable is something that I could just see at every bar. Yes. It was a game for six people and basically everyone just had one button and a Mario Party, WarioWare-esque minigame would start and they all just kind of used the button in different ways. And the game lasted maybe 30 seconds. It would tell you who was winning. Uh, during the score you could hit your button to make a sound effect. I was a guitar. Uh, I think Laura was a bus or possibly a duck. Yay. Uh, and then the next game would start.
0: This was definitely, they were just simple, easy little games. Uh, there was one that was a Hungry Hungry Hippos variant. Yeah, uh, there was one
1: where like you had to put up a shield but when your shield was up you
0: couldn't walk. That one was pretty good. I really liked that one. I thought that one was very simple to learn, very fun. Uh,
1: I think the funniest one was when you were controlling a spinning arrow, and you were trying to get to the center. So whenever you hit the button, you followed whatever direction your arrow was pointing, but it was constantly spinning. That was fun.
0: Hey, guys, we're in Delaware. Uh,
1: And it it was just a great experience in that, like... Laura and I walked up to it, and then three other people just jumped in and started playing with us. And like, we were instantly like, laughing Keep together. To the
0: to it's the beauty of Mag though, of being able to pick up a game and then some, you know, some new people start picking it up right alongside you.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was like the design of the game. And like, cause I was at that panel, uh, It's interesting because they were discussing, like, how these games were created and stuff like that. And, like, all the ways that you quickly learn and all the objectives. And then I realized, basically, what they were describing is that weird place uh, in the American Dream Mall that we saw. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's what this eventually could turn into. So there was a lot of just, like, interesting games that, like anyone could kind of make if you have like the know-how using uh, c- odd controllers. There was one that used a big hat that we didn't get a chance to play.
0: There was one that was done on like a porch swing.
1: Yeah, that one was really cool. Uh, we got to talk about real quick uh, the one that you were on a kneeler and a TV asked you questions and it was the only game there that didn't have a QR code and a name. It was just, like, this mysterious thing that was, like, hanging out. And it was asking you about, like, ethics versus progress? It was like, is all progress good? Uh, Is ethics more important than progress? And then when you were done, it was just like, thank you. And that was it. Uh, There was a hidden plaque that I found that like was very difficult to see I had to like move my phone and take a picture of it and I never took the time to read it Uh, but I could tell it said something about progress so this will be a thing that I obsess over.
0: We also played one where you're a kitty cat who's an astronaut. Oh yeah it
1: was basically uh, a um, a mix between like a burrito bison uh, kitty cannon launch game but Every once in a while, it would give you a bunch of button prompts. And if you hit those fast enough, you got like a boost. That was really
0: fun. I really liked that one. I thought that one was really fun. Uh, the first time I played it, uh, Noah was playing something else. So I just played it with nobody because it was a two player game. So I just, I played it alone. So I, I won handily that one that time. Yeah, that was the game that you were like spectacular
1: at to a point that I was like, how are you able to do this so well?
0: I mean, it's just, like, reflex, and I have, like, hyper-reflexes because I'm such an anxious person. I'm very quick on my feet. So uh, so we spent a good amount of time in the indie arcade, which is nice because I, I feel like we don't always get to do that. Uh, we spent a little bit of time in consoles, not as much. Uh, Noah did some of the MagFest challenges. Which challenges did you do? Uh, they were
1: all impossible. Uh, there's one, let's see. There's one where you had to do the uh, Mario Party 64 uh, minigame where Toad holds up a flag color and you have to run to that color. It's the only safe color, except the uh, D... I'm using a Super Nintendo controller. The D-pad uh, controlled Mario. The X-Y-B-A controlled Luigi. And you had to keep them both alive the whole time. Ooh. That was really hard. Uh, There was one where you had to beat every version of Gutsman throughout time. Uh, Did not make it very hard, far in that one. Uh, There was a Tony Hawk, like, super long uh, uh, rail grind you had to do uh, without jumping. That was, that didn't happen for me. (laughs) Um, There was a Mario Castle you had to beat, but instead of jump, all you could do is reverse gravity so you had to make sure like there was ceiling for you to land on that was pretty interesting um, beat an episode or beat a level of uh, Donkey Kong Diddy's Conquest without touching any bananas uh, oh man just so many just like very unique spins on like your favorite games uh a couple like very interesting choices Uh, there was a tiny toons adventures level yeah like i was surprised to see that there um there was a very confusing tetris one where uh, you had to play like two games of tetris at the same time And every time you, like, made a line, you would switch to the other game.
0: Ooh, I love that.
1: But, like, the other game was, like, not quite Tetris. It was, like, a different puzzle game. So you had to, like, think differently. Uh, I played for maybe 15 minutes, and, like, it was just constantly me going, impossible, nope, no one can do this.
0: No rage quit. I was wandering around and I kind of like picked up a few puzzle games and mostly I was just like lurking around Pokemon Puzzle League. Because I had never played it, uh, but I'm really, really good at Panel de Pond. Yes. Which is a, it's a Japanese game that apparently Pokemon Puzzle League is just a reskin of.
1: Correct. Yes, it's, it's basically the same game
0: so i i wanted the effect of going i've never played this and then just sharking someone (laughs) uh and i i always like to play dr mario i actually didn't get on dr mario so i'm gonna have to uh bother noah to play dr mario with me soon yay i'm really good at dr mario (laughs) you are i can hold my own but you are so we we did get to play a lot of games we did take a couple I bought some new pins at the uh, in the vendor's room I bought I actually got to the magfest merch table this year which I didn't get to last year I just you couldn't get to it all weekend last year I don't know what it is I don't know I think a big piece of it was magfest made a change I really liked about the kick-in merch and they did the kick-in merch at registration instead of doing it at the merch line so it meant the merch line wasn't Absolutely crazy all weekend of people picking up their pre-ordered, prepaid-for merch. So you could actually, like, get to the table.
1: Yeah, that was a good MAGFest made a lot of good decisions this year. Uh, The lockers. The idea that we could rent a locker was super helpful.
0: Like, if you're going to MAGFest and you're not staying in the Gaylord, I fully recommend renting a locker, but only after I already order mine like don't don't box me out (laughs) because I need it to live but it was such a brilliant thing for them to have uh they were about 15 dollars a day but it was like you got a discount if you did multiple days that was one of my only pieces of feedback would be I I didn't love where they were placed because you had to go through chip space to get to them
1: Yeah, that was the only real bummer about it, but it was such a smart idea that I'm sure brought in a nice, like, chunk of change for MAGFest, so I'm sure they'll be doing that again.
0: They would have to be completely out of their minds not to re-up. I I did think it was funny, because I was expecting, like, a bank of theme park lockers, like you'd see at Universal, and I, to my surprise, they were just straight-up middle school lockers with master locks, (laughs) which, I'm realizing there's a lock picking like, thing downstairs, and then the lockers are just master locks.
1: That's a real good point.
0: Uh, I did actually get into the makerspace this year. I got a little, th- there was a, uh, a table that just had little 3D printed frogs that they were giving out, so I got a red glitter one that I have named Steven for no apparent reason. You named him that because that's his name. Fair. But they had a lot of little things set up. Uh, I got some really good advice about crocheting. So I'm going to heed that. I got some really, uh, they had like a place to make the friendship bracelets, like the ones popularized by the Taylor Swift Eras Tour. Uh, I couldn't get near that table.
1: No, I I, I didn't spend as much time there as you did.
0: No, and the one time there were some seats, uh, my friend Chris, who I was with from uh, AVGC, didn't want to. (laughs) So we didn't. Um... But I, I, I had a really good time. I got to. Ex- I felt like we only had two shows this year, and I felt like we got to explore a little more despite being there one less day.
1: Well, I had a, a third show that I think we need to talk about because I did Magfest Taskmaster,
0: and uh, brought
1: shame upon my family.
0: Yeah, Noah was the Ian Sterling uh, of. Taskmaster, MagFest, Ian Sterling, and uh, Guy Williams from New Zealand Season 1. That energy.
1: Yeah, with a touch of David Bedil's success. <laughs> so, uh, basically, we did five challenges. The first was to bring in the most MagFest item. So I brought in a Pikachu, like, surrounded by donuts and all this other, like, fun bits with a, uh, a secret hidden bottle of alcohol and uh, Raf the Taskmaster actually said, someone understood the assignment. And I was like, oh, all right, I killed it. And then everyone else brought amazing things. We had uh, donuts with Danny DeVito's face on them. We had, the, the winner was a bottle of Malort that had the hair and fingernails of various uh, uh, members of staff. Which was... That one tied with a poster from, like, MAG-10. Like, it was wild.
0: Yeah, like... It was... It was really, really fun. Um, My only feedback was it was very hard to see.
1: Yeah, the the choices of uh, tasks were often not the best. uh, In terms of, like, visual. Uh, The first game was good. Because the first game was to play the first level of super mario world blindfolded and i think i did the smart thing in that i jumped into the crowd and i had someone tapping my back telling me when to jump and apparently i still did
0: the worst i don't think you did the worst uh you did start screaming left left at somebody and made them do worse so so the one
1: guy uh from uh whose role is it anyway eric uh you started the level, which is Yoshi's Island 1. That's the one with the giant uh, bullet bills, if you're trying to picture this. You did start with a cape, though. And uh, because Eric got to see some other people go before him, he killed the first enemy with the cape, ran back and forth, and flew over half of the level. Like, he landed at the halfway point. Uh, and like the crowd's going nuts. So I'm like, there's no way I'm winning this with how far he got. So I started screaming, run left. Cause I was trying to get him to go back to the start and he almost made it. (laughs) He almost made it back to the start. That's all amazing he was doing playing this level blindfolded.
0: Yeah, I think the one piece of feedback is I, I think it would almost run better like regular Taskmaster of having you, having the contestants Pre-film a couple of things, yeah, and send I I know this would be so much more for Raft to have to do,
1: absolutely, absolutely. But but like another thing, you're gonna, yeah. Another thing was they did the draw the second largest snake on a roll of toilet paper, and uh, I'm just gonna say it right now. Everybody else drew a line, and I drew a snake. I'm the only one that drew a snake, uh, but. To judge the length of the the snakes and lines, uh, Raph just had them, like, laid out on the ground. If we had, like, a camera on that, or if we lifted them up and made them more visual, I think welcome that would have been beneficial. Jersey. Also, welcome to New Jersey.
0: Yeah, she did some really funny things. Like, you guys did have a writing task, and during it she did some really funny trivia. Uh, she did... And the bit
1: was, like, which, uh, member of the, uh, which, which contestant did X was constantly the question. Like, uh, which contestant had surgery, all this stuff. Everyone, everyone was guessing me, which made me think that I had the most memorable name, (laughs) because everybody remembered Noah. Uh, but the joke was it was all about her, it was all about Raph. It was like, none of the above, it's Raph, that happened to me. Uh, but, uh, Raph... Also said, uh, who here is a two-time world champion? And uh, someone guessed me, and Raf said, "No, that's me." And I had to correct them that I am a two-time world tag team champion in CPW.
0: And she was just like, "No, whatever."
1: Uh, that being said, do you know what those world champions are that Raf holds?
0: Uh, no, I don't know what title she holds. What are they? She holds
1: the Adult Fan Fiction World Championship because she won with her uh, story about Garfield.
0: Oh, that's so fun. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah.
1: So, uh, yeah, that's, that's how we know each other is from the Adult Fan Fiction World Championships.
0: So, it was a really fun show. It was a little bit tough. I was in the back just because I didn't want... I, I usually sit in the back of a show I'm not on just so I'm not, like, intrusive. Uh, and it, the room was quite full, so it wasn't like, you know, every, the room is empty, but I'm in the back. Uh, Taskmaster drew very, very well. And then we had about, what, maybe two hours, and then we had to do comedy. Uh, we did mag Comedy this year. It was set up a little bit differently uh, than previous years, so it was just more or less a plus-two comedy show.
1: Yeah, I feel a little bit bad. There were, like, I ran into some of the other comics and didn't have a chance to talk to them. Uh, also, I had no service, so I sent out a message to uh, my buddy Tyler Wolf, who uh, or Tyler Wood, excuse me. Tyler Wolf is another friend of mine. Tyler Wood, who we did uh, a convention in Philly like long ago, and tried to get him on the show, but he didn't get the message. And then there was the folks from the Up Up podcast. Uh, there was Derek Comedy, who we've done many a con together, and. Uh, just all these misconnections, we couldn't get anyone else on the show. So it ended up being a plus-two comedy show. But it was still a great show. <laughs> it sounds like I'm crapping on ourselves, but we had a, we had a fantastic show this year at MAG.
0: I, I think we're just trying to make sure... Uh, it, it wasn't MAG laughs. It wasn't the normal MAG comedy show and we just took it over. It was just that they, uh, they hadn't made plans to have it this year because the organizer took a year off. So, when we were like, hey, are we doing this, Uh, MagFest was like, oh, oh, sure. (laughs) Whoops, yeah, we
1: we got you, we got you. So, I was super happy to do it. They put us in panel room one, which is like the big room that's not, you know, concerts. But I don't think we should be in concerts. That's just my thought.
0: No, uh, I really liked the way, uh, Mag laughs, they usually darken the room and only light the stage. Uh, I actually very much liked doing it in a normal panel room because I learned to do comedy wrong. Uh, I only ever, I I really mostly perform at these kinds of shows. I'm very used to being able to talk to the audience and do that kind of crowd work. Yeah, I mean, the the way
1: I describe your comedy, because I've often said, like, improv will teach you how to be funny, but it won't teach you how to do stand-up. And there's a lot of people who started at improv that try to do improv as stand-up and it doesn't work. You have taken that, though, and, like... Basically, doing improv as stand-up is trying to fit a square peg through a round hole, but Lara has filed off the edges of (laughs) that square peg and it just fits now.
0: Yeah, you just see me with, like, a hammer, just trying to... (laughs) Like, no, I'm, I'm... Uh, it actually really makes me anxious before I perform, because I don't, uh, you got mad at me once at a show, uh, very long time ago, it wasn't like a big show, I think it was just like an open mic, and you were doing your set, and I was in the back miming you word for word. Yeah, that was hurtful. Because you are, you are very much like a technician, you very much like, write your jokes workshop them word by word i have ideas and i have most of a joke but i have no problem chucking in a tag if i think of it right in stage i actually got off stage after my set and wrote some of the stuff i said on stage down
1: well, That's wise.
0: so that i remember because there was a tag on one of my jokes and of course i'm really glad i wrote it down because now i don't remember it Uh, there was a tag I wrote that I liked so much I wanted to make sure I kept it. Right. And I also wrote a joke about writing a joke at one point because I looked up, uh, because I wanted to make sure I was pronouncing it correctly from Baldur's Gate. Uh, because since I don't play Baldur's Gate, uh, I didn't- Nobody who knows me is going to be like, oh yeah, that's, that's what she's doing. And, because my joke was that, like, what girl video games used to be, and now that, like, if the lead's attractive enough, anything's a girl game. And then I said, like, what's good, Astarion? And then I went, you know, I googled Astarion to make sure I spelled it right, because I didn't want to admit that I wasn't sure how to pronounce it. It's pronounced exactly the way I thought it was. But the top questions were, like, should I let him bite me? Can I change him? Yeah. Uh, And that cracked me up. So that actually became its own joke. Yeah. Uh, I googled it, and those were the top questions. I was like, we learned nothing from Twilight. Uh, so I, I do very much write from stage. Uh, too many. I didn't feel like I did super well at Magfest twenty twenty three because we did that darkened room, and I couldn't see anybody. And uh, I'm just not the type of comedian who thrives under that. And, like, I would never do an arena tour. Like, I'm not John Mulaney. I'm not going to do Radio City. I don't want to do that. Uh, that's not me. That's not my aspiration. I like being in a smaller room and getting to um, getting to have that interaction. We were at a show. You did the, uh, the big little comedy show in Philadelphia. Yes. And the host was discussing young adult literature. And I never wanted to, like, crawl out of my seat and um actually someone so bad in my life. Because he asked an audience member what they were reading, and the audience member was talking about like dystopian young adult literature, and I wanted to like pop out from the ceiling and be like, "So, Team Gale or Team Peta?" And like just talk about these kinds of books. You you need to get booked on that show
1: because I think that is a the perfect venue for your style of comedy. It's kind of like intimate. You you are a club comic and not a stadium comic. Not that I'm a stadium comic. Hear that, Neil? You hear that, Neil Wood? Uh, I know a lot of people with the last name Wood.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, I'm I'm thinking of several more that we are not naming specifically who are also of the same last name. So, I, I think the comedy went well. It was very different than other years because usually we're just, like, on a show with other people. Yeah. And this... I, I felt a little guilty that this was billed mag comedy. Uh, I, I felt like... I don't want the impression to be like, we came in and took over. Well, the, the show is usually called Mag Laughs. So we were Mag Comedy
1: to kind of, like, differentiate it. I wanted it to, to be plus two comedy. I don't know why it was called Mag Comedy, but whatever, you know.
0: Yeah, I would have liked it to... I, I felt a little bad that it was just the two of us. Uh, but I really enjoyed the show. The, the thing about it being the two of us was we did get to do the Q&A.
1: Yes, we did the Q and A, and I just here's some like inside baseball for those who like listen to our podcast and stuff like that. Uh, I did an experiment during my set. I'm not sure if you caught this. I did a callback to a joke I did last year, and it got like the smallest of giggles.
0: I'm gonna remember this forever.
1: Yes, so I threw that in specifically to see like, are the people that are coming to these shows repeat viewers uh, and basically what I got out of that was like no they're not they're, there was a lot of people or at least they didn't remember last year very well uh, but I will say that more than any other show uh, I knew a lot of the audience members it was a lot of people that were like I was on first-name basis with that were like yeah we're coming back and friends and like people I've seen at cons over and over again which is so cool
0: yeah, I, I do. I actually panicked when you said I'm going to remember this forever because I actually had the moment of, I don't think he told that joke.
1: No, I, I threw it in there because it wasn't like a, a major beat or anything like that. I just wanted to see if people would respond to it because last year people were saying it to me constantly. Like, anyone saw me in the hallway, we were like, I'm going to remember this forever. And I was like, I wonder if this has become a MagFest meme with me or not. And the answer is no. But uh, it was a fun little experiment that I did.
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed the show. I'm excited if they do Mag Laughs next year. I would be excited to do our show again next year. Uh, I I hope we get to come back. Um, And the other show we did was... Game the Gamer, the triumphant return of Game the Gamer.
1: Yes, barely triumphant.
0: Um, we would like to thank uh, two parties at this point. Uh, Frank. Yes. Who is a longtime friend? We've been working with Frank for a million years, and he volunteered to do tech for Game the Gamer. And without him, we would have been in a lot of trouble.
1: Frank's a hero. Frank has been someone that's like been in my corner for a long time. Uh, He formed another group with uh, other friends, uh, Brian and Becca, to become the legends of the interwebs. Uh, You can actually see us uh, competing on an extra life day on the Plus Two Comedy Gaming channel, if you really want to. But man, Frank was saving the day.
0: And then we'd also like to thank uh, Panel HQ and the department head of panels, uh, because they absolutely saved us. Because remember when I mentioned we forgot something very, very important? We forgot the docking station for the Switch.
1: Yes, uh, I kind of thought you could just plug an HDMI cable into the Switch. That is not true. And uh, so I had all this stuff and like the Switch is the only system we're using. And I had to uh, run to Panel Ops and be like, hey, I need a dock for a Switch. I know there's some around, but can you acquire one for me? I think... We didn't even start late. Yeah, we started on time. I think in terms
0: of having a panic attack,
1: I kept my cool pretty well.
0: There was a point where you were running back into the room, and Frank and I, because Frank and I both know you very well, Frank and I both went, ah, shit. <laughs> uh,
1: I've, I've been told that I get uh, Colbert angry, was how it was described. Yes. Where, like... When Stephen Colbert gets annoyed, uh, he just like gets louder and happier. (laughs) And that's kind of where I was. Uh, But like, I had to walk up to panel ops and very calmly just went, Hi, uh, I'm having a breakdown. (laughs) Uh, And then also, uh, I saw Mooch, our buddy Mooch, who always works MAGFest and I never get to spend any time with. Uh, love Mooch to death, Uh, gave him a super big hug, and he was like, dude, what's going on? I was like, I'm having a panic attack. And he switched into like MAGFest, like, do you need space? Can I get you water? How can I help you? I was like, no, no, no. Like, I need a switch base. (laughs) Do you have one of those? He's like, no. I was like, all right, bud. Uh, I'm gonna go do this, like, unless you want to come help, but he's like, I'm going to bed. I was like, okay, (laughs) understandable. But yeah, shout outs to Mooch.
0: Yeah, and the the head of panels was super helpful. We had multiple staff members come in and check on us. Uh, MAG staff is second to none.
1: They really are. Like, their whole design is, like, so anti-capitalism in a way. This was a discussion I was having with my buddy Chewy that I also ran into, uh, and also with, like, Chris and stuff, of when you go to the makerspace... Like, they didn't charge you for anything. Yeah, they just handed me Steven. So, but, like, you could also paint a miniature, and they would give you the paint and the miniature, and then you would keep it. hmm Like, that type of stuff. There was perler beads. There was, like, crochet... Taylor bra-
0: Swift era bracelets.
1: Yeah, like, it was wild. And, like, they didn't have it this year, and I was a little bit bummed, but they used to do uh, this Pokemon game where you would try to beat Pokemon Red uh, on the Game Boy, and it was like on this big projector in the console room. But the buttons to play were like spread out. So you had to first find the button, and then second, figure out what that button does. And then like work together as a team to try to beat Pokemon. Super cool stuff like that. Like doesn't cost extra, takes a lot of work to set up. Some people won't even know it's happening. But it's there. And like, the memes of MAG are so good.
0: MAGFEST has a culture, unlike any other convention I've ever been to. Uh, the Danny DeVito shrine. Uh, there's other shrines, but only the Danny DeVito one has kind of hit that level of legendary, where, uh, they, all throughout the weekend you leave offerings for Danny DeVito, and then they're auctioned off at the end of the convention, at the charity auction. I did not know that that's what happened to all those items. I believe that is. I believe that to be the case. Now that you've said that, I've, I'm second-guessing myself, but I'm almost positive that's the fate of it. Because there is a big sign that says don't steal.
1: Oh, I, that's good.
0: I, and I believe, I want to say that the, uh, the winnings from Taskmaster ended up in the charity auction, did they not? Yes, yes, all the prizes
1: from uh, Taskmaster ended up in the charity auction. So someone walked away with... That weird bottle of Malort's, that poster, and my inflatable donut.
0: But not the Danny DeVito donuts. No, we ate those. Because those got eaten <laughs> immediately after the show. Uh, yeah, so I think our shows went really well. Uh, if you happen to see them, if you want to give us five jars on guidebook, that'd be real cool. Um,
1: Uh, I got one
0: more important thing to say Uh,
1: Thank you to our players that played Game the Gamer They were fantastic OAS uh, Lil B It was his 21st birthday Oh gosh Uh, That's how he spent it Uh, That seems like an amazing way to spend your 21st birthday Is it MAGFest though? Yeah that dude was great He was like I live in Texas Can you come and perform in Texas? I was like I'd love to Do you have a way to make that happen? He was like no I was like ah well then probably not But I'd love to uh, and then our, our finalists, George and, uh, big peaches senior, <laughs> uh, and, uh, big peaches senior, uh, who's also named was, was named Josh. The two finalists were both named Josh. Uh, when I took him to get his mag points, he was like, Hey, while I'm talking to you, I wanted to say thank you for running the comedy workshop, uh, last year. Oh. Uh, after that, I started doing stand-up comedy. Oh. Uh, so this is the second life-changing panel you've run.
0: Stop.
1: I waited till now to tell Laura that story. Ah. Yeah, so shout-outs to Josh. Uh, good luck on your comedy career, uh, He's, he, I think he said he was from, like, far away Maryland, like, not near Baltimore, uh, so he doesn't get on stage much, but uh, I, I gave him the few open mics I know in Maryland, and uh, he said he's gonna keep doing it. Yeah. So, yeah, shout-outs to him.
0: It was also... This this Game the Gamer told a particularly good story because the, uh, the final round was a best-of-five minigames in Mario Party, and George beat the first two handily. Yeah. And then Big Peaches came back for the win.
1: Yeah, it it was intense. I should also say that a lot of people came up to me afterwards like, hey, great panel. I was a contestant before and this is one of my favorite things. Oh! I had one guy come up to me and was like, hey, I played this at DexCon. Uh... There was one guy, uh, I'm not sure you might remember him, his name was uh, Kelvin, so we nicknamed him Celsius.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah, he was like, yeah, I did this last time, it was so fun. I was like, all right, cool. He was like, yeah, I'll support this every time it's here. I was like, "Ah," oh. because I was kind of down on Game the Gamer.
0: Yeah, I, I knew that you, you we, we'd stopped running it during the COVID era because it was a lot of people touching stuff.
1: Yes, yes it was. And uh, and also just like, we did film the show, it's just not out yet. And I feel bad promoting Game the Gamer still. And people come up to me still and are like, so when's the show coming? And I have to be like, I don't know. Uh, but I forgot that it's like a good show. <laughs> like it's fun.
0: I mean, and when you get a great story like we happen to, and we, you can't make it, uh, you can't force it. But the room went up when Big Peaches tied it up two to two. And the room went up even more when Big Peaches Senior won.
1: Yeah, that was... Uh, it was a good moment. Uh,
0: yeah. God, it was so fun. Uh, it was a very late night panel and we were both worried because, we you know, we're old. Uh, half my set was about getting old. So uh, we were both really concerned about being able to hang. And we both... Did. Yeah,
1: we, we were able to manage it. Uh, thank you to Chris for getting me a cup of coffee as well. That was beautiful. Um, and I guess real quick before, like, because that was basically everything, uh, I do want to talk about some of the great meme people that we saw.
0: At one point, we were going upstairs to meet up with a friend, and it was only on the fifth floor, so we figured we'd walk. Yeah,
1: and there was a guy who decided he was going to spend his magfest... Just seated on the steps playing the Rocky theme anytime anyone was t- going up the steps.
0: And I was like, yeah, he's just, he exists at MagFest as a bit. I, I almost wonder if that's somebody, because badges sold out this year. So I'm almost wondering if that was someone who was not able to get a badge but was in the Gaylord.
1: Possible, possible. Uh,
0: there was also the person putting up the no goose signs.
1: Just randomly.
0: Yes, I posted one of those on my Instagram story because I, Untitled Goose Game is one of my all-time favorite games. And so anytime I see Untitled Goose representation, I'm so excited about it. What was great was I, I, posted, uh, I posted one of the signs on my Instagram stories and a few people responded how much they loved it. And then one of our friends sent me a... One of our friends sent me a sweater, that is a white sweater, but like one of the sleeves is a goose head. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, hmm, maybe next MAGFest. I don't cosplay anymore because I find it very very difficult to perform while cosplaying.
1: Agreed, agreed. I used to perform as Speed Racer and quickly realized that was a mistake.
0: I could probably do my role in Game the Gamer in a cosplay.
1: Yeah, depending on what cosplay you chose, there's some, like, fitting costumes you could do.
0: I mean, I could probably do it in nearly anything, because it's not as important to come across as me. Like, if I come across as a goose, I come across as a goose. Yeah, exactly. Hawk. Uh, I, we I... We, we did get to play X-Men, and I... Please look into the history of the Colossus Roar if you haven't already... Uh, remember the reason for the season and uh, there was a longtime MAGFest attendee who passed away from brain cancer and the Colossus Roar kind of became something to honor him and it's gotten so much bigger and not everyone knows the story. Uh, If you ever come across the large six-player X-Men arcade case that lives at MAGFest... you'll find some flyers about him and his story and i i always want to remember that part of it and we got to play on that cabinet for a little bit gps come on we got to play a little bit on that cabinet and i got to play as my favorite character dazzler uh because the barcade in fishtown dazzler's like crammed up against a drink table so I never get to play as Dazzler anymore. So I was very, very excited to get to play as Dazzler. Uh, Her main power is just slapping stuff. Yeah, slap. But I was really happy. And it was just a great moment to play with a few of our friends. So we got to watch the Triforce Quartet from an atrium room which was a beautiful experience.
1: Yes, it was. And God, the music was so good.
0: Because they were playing the traveling theme from Kingdom Hearts at one point. And I was just sitting there like, yes, I love MAGFest, this is good.
1: Yeah, MAGFest, like, again, like, it's one of those things where the in-between the things you're doing and just kind of wandering and exploring are very special.
0: Yeah, there's no other convention I've ever been to like MAGFest. It is its own entity. Um, We tended to leave not like super early at night, but we did tend to leave on the earlier side for Magfest. Like we left at like two a.m. last night. Yeah,
1: we turned we turned in early, and went we left at two.
0: Uh, I mean, considering we had a panel from twelve thirty to one thirty, we didn't stick around for super long after our panel. Yeah. Uh, we're kind of a little like we're kind of retiring from some of that some of that part of the culture, um, and passing it on to the next generation. Yeah. Yeah. It's a a rite of passage, and uh, it is passed. So, uh, we we like to go back. We were like, oh, we got to check out of the hotel in 10 hours. I'd like to get at least six of that asleep.
1: Yeah, sleep is cool.
0: So, yeah, we stayed in Alexandria. We stayed at a, uh, just kind of like a standard little hotel. We stayed on like a highway hotel, not in Old Town. Uh, Because Old Town, they all wanted like $30 a night to park. And I was offended by that.
1: Yes, and thus it didn't happen.
0: And it's not like we could have enjoyed Old Town because it was it was frigid cold. We did get to go to our favorite pizza place, and we did get to go to the Brass Tap, but we didn't. You know, I said like we had a goal of eating more than two meals a day. It didn't happen. No,
1: and there was the one place I really wanted to go and get the uh, the aha tuna. I really liked we didn't get, was it Fittix and Smith or whatever?
0: McCormick and Schmicks, yeah. McCormick.
1: Well, I think, uh, I think that's going to do it for the drive. I mean, we're, we're running out of road
0: and, uh... Yeah, we're not, we're not, ter- we're about 15 minutes from the Wawa I have now said we're going to stop at. So, I, I think we covered a lot. I, I just, I love MAGFest. I really, uh, if anyone from MAGFest is listening, please bring us back next year, um... We're we're happy to do nearly anything. Uh, nearly, I have like two or three hard limits. I have none.
1: It's just some
0: cost more than others. Oh, true. They some of those hard limits just have a price tag attached to them, I guess. So uh, we we love doing Magfest. We had such a great time. Uh, I I I was like very stressed out leading up to this Magfest because just. Uh, moving out of early January uh, is considerably less convenient for me personally. And I, I was very stressed out and not as, like, pumped as usual. And then last night on the atrium listening to Triforce Quartet, I was like, that's right. I, I love this so much.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a magical, magical place that I'm happy to get to be a small part of every year.
0: So, thank you, MagFest. Thank you, gentle listeners, for indulging us and chatting about our experiences. And uh, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Stay Doomed, or by email at the Show at gmail.com.
1: And if you want to talk to me about episode 200, which is coming out next week, woo! I'm at Plus Two Comedy on X.
0: And if you want to talk to me about uh, conventions and con culture and the parts of it I miss because I'm, I'm kind of aging out a little bit of certain things. Uh, I'm at Priorities. Until next time, stay doomed.